Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Chasen. This is a replay of WIBW show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome once again to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I'm Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com, and the man across the studio from me is Scott Chasen, the Scott Chasen that helps cover the <laughs> nationally ranked college football program at Kansas. That game day is going to, that is 5-0, and oh, it fits, I feel like Daenerys Targaryen just listing things along mm. with my name. Hey, K-State's ranked, Kansas is ranked, we're going to have a pretty fun show. And we have no dragons. <laughs> You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show. If they don't watch Game of Thrones, they did not get that. Not at all. (laughs) On Twitter at the drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, Scott, don't fret. You can listen to an audio only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at gopowercat.com. And Scott was just doing that. I wish I was making that up. Uh-huh. We will start things off with our two minute drill. The two minute drill sponsored by Vanderbilt, your work boot center. Well, never fretting in a two minute drill is a very good K State team. Fitz, K State started fast and ended strong, but Texas Tech made a game of it before the Wildcats won. 37 to 28 at home on Saturday. What we learn about the Wildcats as they move to four and one. We learned that they can be pretty good, but boy, when they shift down a gear or two, like they did in the middle of the game, they're not that good. This team has to stay on task. Every team does, but it's really important because when they're on task, you see things like this. Adrian Martinez breaking into the open field. This team can block and run so well right now that Tech knew K-State was going to run the ball. And what happened? Well, the quarterback, Adrian Martinez, goes for 171. The running back, Deuce Vaughn, goes for 170. The two of them had 341 combined rushing yards. And yet, during the middle of the game, K-State kind of lost its focus. Tech just kept blocking away and just got back into this game. In fact, they had it tied at 13 and at 20, and then K-State kind of found the other gear as they hit some runs. Deuce Vaughn was bottled up for most of the day, but by the fourth quarter, he started getting loose and doing deuce things. This team's awfully fun to watch, Scott. It really is, uh, because it just wasn't the offense. The defense was also pretty good. I'll get to that in the second half of the show here. But I'm just blown away by the level at which K-State is capable of playing at and the level that they too often play at. Somewhere between what they did against Tulane and losing and winning at Oklahoma, although maybe not that impressive in hindsight now that Oklahoma got crushed at TCU, but 
there's got to be something in the middle that can win you a lot of games. This K-State team is capable of being the best team in the Big 12, but they're not there yet, and they're going to have to start rattling off these wins. And this was a nice step for K-State because this is a good enough tech team to go on the road in this conference and win a game or two. They just couldn't quite get it done in Manhattan. Too many turnovers for the Red Raiders. And while Donovan Smith, their quarterback, is a kind of fun playmaker, he also makes enough mistakes to kind of bail you out as he did in this game. But moving on as Kansas State needed to do, now they get to go to Iowa State and play the Cyclones at KU beat at 4-1 and 2-0 in the conference. That's right, KU and K-State are atop the conference standings. Fitz, you said something and I want to highlight it. Sometimes it goes under the radar. This K-State team is fun. Adrian Martinez is fun. Deuce Vaughn is really fun. Knowles is fun. Brooks is fun. This is a team with a lot of fun dudes both sides of the ball. I know we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, this K-State team is kind of awesome to watch, especially if you're just like flipping through your channels on a college football Saturday. It's always fun to to put that game on. Yeah, it's the first time in school history two guys have gone for more than 100 yards in back-to-back games. And, of course, Vaughn and... Martinez did that at KU, or at Oklahoma, too. Well, moving on to KU. Scott, the Kansas offense has earned the headlines this year, but it was the defense that led the team to a win on Saturday against Iowa State. Talk mm-hmm. us through the Kansas victory to improve to 5-0 and on the season. 5-0 and fits. It's, it's crazy, and yet what, I don't know what's crazier, that Kansas is 5-0 and or that the defense just went out and had a game like this. And look, the defense absolutely was not perfect in this game. There was a lot of bend and don't break, and sometimes bend and get lucky that Hunter Deckers is not a great quarterback, no, the Iowa wasn't. State quarterback. But hey, five sacks for this KU defense. The defensive line was fantastic. Sam Burt, who you saw there getting into the backfield, he played the best game of his career. And this is guy. This is a guy who has felt like he's been around the program for a decade. Jacoby Bryant, there's a pick. By the way, I'm going to grab the towel off of the receiver, throw it in the air, and then go and make the interception. That's how much he's going to be blanketed. And Jacoby Bryant almost had another interception in this game that he caught, he got his foot in, but as he was going to the ground, uh, the ball kind of popped out as he hit his back on the ground. So, um, I, Fitz, I was incredibly impressed with this KU defense, mostly because, well, the offense really struggled to score for the first time and kept punting over and over and over. The defense didn't start getting gashed all of a sudden. Iowa State scored three points in the second half. This KU defense continued to force Iowa State into long field goal attempts. And even if you give Iowa State those field goals, or I guess they were kind of intermediate, but even if you give Iowa State all those field goals and say they all went in, okay, Iowa State scored 20 points. That is a massive, massive improvement for this Kansas defense considering where they've been. They had to get another, you know, late game stop at the end of the game. You see a number of guys stepping up. I mentioned Jacoby Bryant. I mentioned Sam Burt. Lonnie Phelps was big in this game. Fitz, I I continue to see this defense showing improvement. I don't think... You know, I'm not under any disillusions. This is not going to be one of the best defenses in the Big 12. This is not Clemson of old. This is not Georgia. But I tell you what, after after that Duke game where I thought situationally they played really well, and after Houston where there was like a 30, 40-minute stretch of football where that defense was really good, this was another step forward that shows me that maybe Kansas doesn't only have to score 40 points to win. Sometimes that defense can get some stops too. If you have any eligibility left and you can kick a football, please contact <laughs> Matt Campbell in Iams, Iowa. It's Matt Campbell. Yeah. He e- needs help. E- even if you don't, he may throw you onto the field at the last minute to what kick a, a field mess. goal when he can just. Horrible special teams coach. Horrible. <laughs> Oklahoma State went on the road 
to uh, Waco and mm -hmm. earned a big road victory over Baylor. Didn't see this one coming. Mm -hmm. Scott, are the Cowboys now the team to beat in the Big 12? Well, Fitz, I kind of think so, but before this game, we would have said that they were a little bit unproven too. Uh, Fitz, I almost feel like there are three or four teams to beat in the Big 12 right now. I think it starts with Oklahoma State, and uh, mostly because I think this Baylor team is very good and very physical and very, very impressive. Obviously, they did lose to BYU earlier this year, but you just have to feel like Oklahoma State is going to be there at the end of the season. I know they've lost a lot defensively, but when you bring back a quarterback like Spencer Sanders, again, who feels like he's been around forever, and then you go and get this win, which I would argue might be the most impressive win so far this year in the Big 12. I think that has to put you up there. But Fitz, there are a couple other teams making some noise, and TCU is one of them, an undefeated TCU team, which is part of why Kansas is going to host college football game day. Uh, they went out and destroyed Oklahoma, absolutely blasted them. I know Dylan Gabriel, the Oklahoma quarterback, went down, but still very impressive. And then Kansas State as well. Fitz, Kansas State, as you know, 2-0, two very impressive wins. Obviously, going on the road to beat Oklahoma when they have a healthy quarterback is incredibly impressive. And then backing it up with another win, another conference win to start 2-0, I think that puts them at the top two. So, Fitz, for me, right now, I would say three teams to beat in the Big 12. I think those are your three, TCU, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State. I'm, I might throw Kansas in there. I'm getting more and more convinced. Winning that game Saturday with defense sold me even more because that offense is really explosive. I, I haven't watched the whole game yet. I'm anxious to go back, but I think KU might be in that mix, which is a shocking statement. Now, as we'll get to a little bit later in the show, this is a brutal stretch that KU's starting in on. Everyone's going to run the gauntlet at some point in the Big 12. Well, that starts Saturday for KU. Yeah, Fitz, I, I will tell you what my favorite thing about this is. And this is not an Oklahoma and Texas leaving for the SEC kind of thing. It could be. Well, it could I'll be. I'll accept that. It's partially that. It's just nice that it's other teams. Right. It's nice that you have all these new faces, these new programs, some of which that have had established coaches, some of which you haven't. Uh, they're, they all feel like they're kind of on the up and up, especially going into this time of change. We talked about this last week. Fitz, the Big 12 is just going to be fun this year, and I think that's really awesome. Yeah, and that doesn't include Oklahoma and Texas. You're no fun. <laughs> Ha, huh, I told them. Now, a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Well, last week's question was, will either Kansas or Kansas State make the Big 12 title games? We told everyone they'd win a new car if they could tie the vote between Kansas and Kansas State. Let's look at the results. And they actually that. did that. 29% for Kansas, 29% for K-State, 38% for neither, 4% for both. Fitz, you got that car for the viewers have, on this one? I, got, I don't have a car for anyone. I barely have a car myself. Mm. Anyhow, this week's question is, <laughs> When will Kansas lose its first game? Now, look at this coming up here for the Jayhawks. They've got TCU, which is surprisingly undefeated. Then they go to Oklahoma. They go to Baylor. And against Oklahoma State, make sure you vote on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. But if this poll was who's the easiest of those next four opponents, I would pick Oklahoma. Uh, Fitz, there's an argument there. There is, especially with the uncertainty at the quarterback spot, I think TCU will, be, uh, will probably be a coin flip too. But yep. that is a tough stretch of football. Here we go. Yep. That, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. Welcome back as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. And this segment of the two-minute drill is sponsored by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Fitz, it's easy to notice what Kansas State is doing on offense. We talked about that a little bit ago, but the defense had two defensive stars collect three sacks apiece against Texas Tech. What is the state of that Kansas State defense? It's really impressive. I, I know they're giving up points, but they're getting key stops at key moments in the game. And on Saturday, Felix Anyadike Uzama did Felix things and got three sacks. But Khalid Duke, who had a serious, really horrific knee injury last year, finally showed he's playing himself into his former self. They've got him at linebacker now, but they walked him up to the line quite a bit in this game. Showed something different to Texas Tech than they've done so far this season. Number 29 was all over the place, collecting three sacks also. Again, I mentioned the first in KU football history with the two uh, 100-yard rushers in back-to-back games. This is the first time two players in the same game have had three sacks. Absolutely incredible. When you put these two together, plus the other guys on the line, you still got Eli Huggins and, you know, Nate Matlack's a little bit banged up right now, but when he gets back in form, this is a really tough defense to deal with. And if they can bring this kind of pressure consistently, they will be in a lot of games. And that's something else K-State's doing. It's creating turnovers because so often the quarterback and the team are so rushed and panicked about the time that they have to operate, they are making mistakes. Teams can't really consistently throw deep because they can't protect long enough. And even if they try to run the ball, typically K-State handles it. Yeah, they're giving up some points, but, you know, football's complimentary. Does your defense fit with your offense? Does the defense do well but put your offense in bad situations? That's often the case with those high-potent offenses. They just keep shoving their defense on the field. K-State seems to really work together. Special teams were not that big of a part of the game Saturday, but they typically are for K-State. And when they hit all three phases, like they did at Oklahoma, like they've done other times, they're going to be really tough. But, man, King Felix and Khalid Duke, what a pair. They're just amazing to watch rush. And they're really so physically similar, it was kind of hard to tell them apart as they turned the corner uh, and got to the quarterback until you got a clear look at the numbers. It, it's uh, quite a pairing for Kansas State, Scott. Yeah, well, Fitz, going into the Kansas-Iowa State game, all, all I heard about Iowa State, and I think some of this is true, was well-coached, really good defense, dual-threat quarterback offense that can cause you some problems. And, look, Iowa State's a good team. But I think K-State is actually the personification of that. Disruptive defense, especially at the point of attack. Playmakers on offense. Quarterback who can do it with his legs. Sometimes do it through the air, too. And a very well-coached team. I think you see that on the defensive side of the ball. Well, Scott, Iowa State was the first team to find any success against that KU offense. Mm -hmm. Did the Cyclones uncover a blueprint to stopping KU, or would the offense bounce right back? Well, Fitz, I I kind of expect the offense to bounce back, and not just because they're playing TCU, and I think TCU is uh, not quite up there defensively. I think TCU is vulnerable on that side of the ball, but also I I saw a lot of self-inflicted stuff for Kansas, and uh, look, it would be easy to come in here and second-guess play calls and talk about maybe penalties and things that didn't work and a weird decision to throw Jason Bean onto the field on a third down or maybe some of the conservative play calling. 
But look, Kansas did a lot of the things in this game that they've done all season, and it was really on the margins where things didn't work out, and I'd point to two plays as kind of the prime examples of that. Uh, KU had a chance at two deep touchdown balls, one to Luke Grimm, one to Quinton Skinner. One of them missed by a foot, one of them might have missed by six inches. And you get those two, and all of a sudden we're back in here talking about that high-powered Kansas offense again. I thought Kansas played a bad game offensively. I thought Kansas missed opportunities. I didn't think the blocking was necessarily great. I thought there were there was at least one drive that was kind of derailed by a penalty that, you know what, at best was kind of questionable. And then I thought in the second half, Kansas had a number of fourth downs that they chose not to go for. I think Lance Leipold after the game kind of acknowledged that maybe he could have been a little more aggressive. Uh, he has generally been very aggressive this year, I would say, especially on a lot of those 50-50 calls. But it's hard for your offense to get into a rhythm when you're going three and out and you're punting and you're giving the ball back. Obviously, there you see the play where Daniel Hyshaw fumbled and was injured. He was carted off. It appears to be some kind of a hip injury. But yeah, it just felt like that KU offense couldn't get into a rhythm and it didn't help that they weren't going for those fourth downs to extend drives to help them get back into that rhythm. I expect a really big response from this KU offense, mostly because Jalen Daniels is a really good quarterback. The Kansas run game has been effective all season. The wide receivers have shown out, and Jared Casey at tight end is one of the best blockers in the country um, of the non-offensive line variety. So expecting a KU bounce back, a disappointing effort, give credit to the Iowa State defense. But I saw a sloppy game from Kansas. I, I think this was Kansas's worst played game of the season. The thing that surprised me the most in the Big 12 this weekend wasn't Oklahoma getting blasted at TCU. Mm -hmm. It was the fact that this KU-Iowa State game was low scoring. <laughs> I thought KU's offense would continue to score, and Iowa State uh, would be able to score against the KU defense, but I was completely wrong on that. It was baffling to me. Fitz, I think we all were. The over-unders were way up there, too. Who knows? Um, maybe next week we'll be that way, too, although I would be shocked. I won't discuss my losses on that. <laughs> and now we step out of bounds, and Out of Bounds is brought to you by Darius Corner Market. We love local, and we are local for you. Well, Fitz, we all saw what happened to, to Tegavailoa on Thursday night mm. football. His head hit off the turf. It was a scary hit. That was one week after he appeared to have a head injury against the Buffalo Bills. Miami passed off as kind of his back locking up. That's what they said. Uh, one of the doctors involved in clearing Tua against the Bills has been fired per multiple media reports. Fitz, how big of a mess is this for the NFL with all the kind of concussion protocol stuff that's going on, clearing Tua, and then obviously having him come back in and have that injury? It's an enormous mess. What are they doing, Scott? This doesn't make sense to me because this has been, this is a new issue. This has been an issue that we've built up and accepted. You know, I think when concussion protocol came, we were all kind of like, oh, come on, they're being overcareful. No, they're not. We're now finding such strong evidence that these ongoing concussions leads to serious brain damage and often really problematic things happening in the lives of aging football players. This is literally not something you cut corners with, no matter how it costs your team. And whoever made these decisions for Miami should be held accountable because they weren't in the young man's best interest yeah. and oh my gosh what what a disaster i hope he's okay because that was a serious looking concussion yeah the second hit which obviously we didn't show was, was the much much more scary looking one but yeah fitz i agree it's not enough to say oh a doctor messed this up this is a team issue this is a miami no, dolphins don't. issue this is an nfl issue a lot of a lot of people need to be held accountable for this more than one doctor that i think the nfl is kind of trying to throw under the bus absolutely anyone who watched that game could tell 
Mm-hmm. Tua was concussed on that play. It wasn't his back. It's yeah. just a horrible lie, and I can't believe they're sticking with it. Yeah, absolutely. Now let's hear from our fans. Our fan question is sponsored by Metalark. Retirement awaits in Manhattan where you can live your way every day. Well, Fitz, our fan question this week, it's a little bit topical, wouldn't you mm. say? Should Kansas or Kansas State be ranked higher? Cam and Topeka, why don't you go first? Well, no. no. I mean, I'm a little surprised KU jumped in so high mm-hmm. after beating an unranked Iowa State team. Um, I'm a little baffled that KU jumped K-State in the one poll that K-State was ranked, but I would have KU ranked higher than K-State, even though that wasn't true last week. I think KU, with that clean record and that two-lane loss, you can't ignore the two-lane loss, but I like where they're at. There's plenty of room to grow, and I think both of them will continue to climb. Yeah, Fitz, here's what I'd say. Agreeing with you, I think you give KU the resume edge because they're undefeated, but I do still think K-State is the better team, too. So I think it works out, and they're right next to each other in the polls. So everybody can be happy. We can all get along. (laughs) Remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, we'll look at our predictions here on The Drive. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. It's time to head down the home stretch of this week's show. It's also time to take a look at our predictions. The predictions are brought to you by Kites and Kites Aggieville Drafthouse. Meet your friends at Kites and the Drafthouse since 1954. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. Here are last week's results. The viewers went 3-0. and I went 2-1. and Scott went 1-2. and We had to go to the replay to clarify. Mm-hmm. But the headline here is I still stink. <laughs> Since not, you beat me, what does that make me if you're bad? I, I'm, I'm shooting 33%. If I was baseball, batting 330, I'd be a superstar. I wouldn't be pitching to you like yeah. you're Aaron Judge. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay, here, let's get going with this week's picks. And we start with TCU. Kansas is plus 4.5 at home. I'm going to take TCU on that. I, I'm a little surprised it's that high, but I'm still going to stick with TCU. I think TCU is going to score a lot of points. Fitz, I just want to see a shootout. I think this is going to go back and forth. I'll take Kansas, but whoever wins, I think it's going to be by more than five. I expect a lot of points. I do one. not. I, I'm not going to be surprised if KU wins. <laughs> Next is uh, K-State at Iowa State. We put it up there as a pick em just to have some fun here. I'll take the Cats. I think Iowa State's actually a little bit of a dog at home, but we're saying pick them. Yeah, I'll take Iowa State to be different, but same way. It would not shock me if K-State won. wouldn't shock me if Iowa State won. They usually call this the Red River Shootout. I think it's going to be more like the Red River Snooze Fest. <laughs> uh, Texas is against Oklahoma in Dallas. We put it up as a pick em. I'm going to pick the Longhorns, which makes me unhappy to do. Well, Fitz, this is college football game. Oh, oh, wait, I'm, nope, I'm being not, informed. No, it's not game day. They're going to, going to Lawrence for TCU. And, yes, and they're going the, to the good game. Yeah, the, the better programs. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll take Oklahoma. We'll see what happens with Dylan Gabriel, the quarterback who was injured in that game. Kind of a dirty hit by TCU, yes, but uh, we'll see what happens. Another concussion. Mm-hmm. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page at the Drive 13 
It's now time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One. Buy local for a strong local community. And we start with Scott Chasen. Fitz, I have kind of an interesting name to bring up on this show. Obviously, the current KU coaching staff has done a marvelous job developing this talent, building a team, and, and putting Kansas in position to make a bowl game. But I was reminded uh, the other day after Jacoby Bryant's interception, a near-second interception, that he decommitted from KU, decommitted a week before signing day, and ended up back with KU, he told me, because of Brent Deerman, the former Kansas offensive coordinator who also brought Jalen Daniels to Lawrence, who also brought Devin Neal to Lawrence. Three of the best players on this KU roster recruited by the same man who is obviously no longer with the program. Crazy to think about what the state of this KU roster would be without those three guys who have obviously showed out. Jacoby Bryant has a couple of touchdowns this year, a field goal return in another game. Uh, those players have been pivotal for Kansas this year, and they have really developed early in their KU careers. Last year when I covered a game at K-State at Texas, I opined, I like that word, that Kansas State <laughs> needs to consider doing Spanish language football broadcasts like Texas and other schools in the conference do. After all, there's a growing population of Spanish speakers in western Kansas with a lot of kids that are going to go to college. Well, on Saturday, it was the first of three trial runs with the Spanish language broadcast. The highlights are fantastic, and I don't speak a word of Spanish, and I wish I could to hear them. But congratulations, K-State, and the whole crew involved with that broadcast. Mm -hmm. That's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media.